0: Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now it is time for us to catch up on the news with Eva Moore, political correspondent for the Irish Examiner. Hello Eva. Good morning. How are you? Well, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then I read that Irish Times headline and now I'm I'm I, I, I'm not, I'm just, yeah, I'm having a lot of feelings and it's hard because mm-hmm. my brain is, is trying to reason with me, but my, my stomach is in knots. <laughs> so, the headline, as I read earlier, was uh, under 30s may get vaccinated before 30 to 50 year olds uh, under new plan being considered to slow COVID 19. Now, I would like to say this is just a report in a newspaper and we have seen so many. Things like this, just like appearing in newspapers and then disappearing. So I'm saying this as much for my own good as anybody else's. Um, But yeah, just talk to me for, calm me down, please.
1: Yeah, so basically what appears to have happened is that the health minister, Stephen Donnelly, has asked officials in his department to examine the possibility of revising the order of age cohorts for the vaccine. And then so younger people from 18 to 30 would get their vaccines before those age 30 to 50, once all the people in their 60s are vaccinated. This kind of flies in the face of everything we were told literally two, three weeks ago. Yeah. So basically two, three weeks ago, we were told that the vaccine rule would go by age because age is the biggest indicator of how badly you will be affected by COVID-19. We know it affects older people um, Mm -hmm. a lot more so yeah, this has appeared in the Irish Times today and Stephen Donnelly has confirmed it. However, you know, there's a lot of talk about it already because, you know, we knew about all the hullabaloo when teachers and special needs assistants and Gardy and people like that weren't vaccinated and they were basically told, No, we're going um we're going by age and there was a lot of debate about it at the time. Yeah. And now it could be that 18 to 30 year olds could be vaccinated. Uh, first because basically what they're saying is when the restrictions loosen when we go back to you know hospitality non-essential retail all that sort of stuff that because young I think the reasoning would be younger people are out and about more um you know college the tend to work in non-essential retail and hospitality that it would keep the cases down yeah. however with for me my concern would be cases is one thing but hospitalizations and deaths is another and mm. we know that, you know, people in their fifties um have been really affected by COVID nineteen. I know even in my family, you know, mm. people have lost people in their men in their fifties um who got COVID, we know it's incredibly dangerous for that age group of men. So mm. yeah, it's in, it's incredibly strange. This is the first report of it today. It kinda feels to me a bit like they're floating the idea to see how it lands with the public.
0: Yeah. And look, I have to say, you know, I'm obviously being selfish in my perspective on this, (laughs) like rationally and logically in my brain, I get it. Like 18 to 30 year olds are more likely to be living in, you know, dense houses with loads Mm -hmm. of people. And they're more likely to work, as you said, in those kind of jobs where they have no choice, but to actually go physically to a workplace and, you know, meet the public and they, they, you know, aside from the socialising aspect, which is what is actually referred to in this Irish Times article, like, it makes... I get it. I can see the argument for it. Um and I would of course accept it if it's what was decided but it's just I think we're we're all just at the end of our tether really aren't we like it's just it's just any delay at this point I think is hard to stomach yeah no uh, one really wants to wait and yeah. like well and especially always, I think so when you're on your Instagram and all your mates in London are vaccinated like literally vaccinated and outside the pub you know I love in life, yeah. yeah. And it,
1: for me, the more because I'm such a politics wonk. But for me, it's the more annoying thing is like two weeks ago you were telling us the exact opposite of this. Yeah. Um, it was about age and the dangers that come with age. So yeah. now I'm kind of like, well, what actually is it?
0: Because you obviously don't think it's that important if you're considering this move well also and I have said this again and again it's almost like they're not listening to me (laughs) 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 but also I just genuinely think this thing of like floating things with journalists and putting them in the paper to see how the public reacts is so damaging to us like just tell us what the story is, and we will accept it. Stop upsetting people needlessly with things that might not happen. Like, it's just ridiculous. And I know I'm kind of having a laugh about it this morning, but I genuinely did have a reaction to this. And even though I can rationally, obviously, get to the place where I'm like, okay, yes, maybe that does make sense. Like, it's still, uh, you know... We are all human beings who are trying to get through this incredibly stressful time and dropping little bits of information of like, maybe we'll do this and maybe we'll do that is just so counterproductive in terms of people's stress levels and mental health, in my opinion, that like, I just, I hate it. Anyway, let's talk thank about... You for, thank you for coming to Louise's TED Talk. <laughs> Honestly, I just <laughs> like, can't do it anymore. Um, but let's talk about some good news because we do have good news in terms of vaccine deliveries, don't we?
1: Yes. Okay. So we've had a roller coaster week with vaccines. I went to the cabinet post cabinet briefing um on Wednesday and it was uh, a mixed bag. So basically, we heard Monday and Tuesday that Johnson and Johnson, uh, the so-called game changer vaccine, it's just one shot that we were going to use in vulnerable communities, um, homeless, the homeless community. Traveller community, people with addiction issues, um, they were going to get this Johnson Johnson vaccine because it's one shot, it's much easier. Yeah. Um, then we were told that in America they had suspended the use of it because out of over seven million uh, shots of Johnson Johnson, six people have developed blood clots. Mm. And I just want to say, because I've read this a lot, but people keep saying using this comparison of saying Oh, well, you know, the contraceptive pill that most women are on mm. um, also gives you blood clots mm. and yeah, they'll not stop it for women, but they'll stop it when it comes to, you know, if men can yeah. get it, the blood clots that people are getting from the contraceptive pill and the blood clots people are getting from their vaccines are very, very different. Right. And the ones that people are getting from the vaccine are a lot more dangerous and are attack the brain. Right. So that's what the difference is because I just I wanted to say that because I've seen that. Hot no, tape. I think that's great. I really so appreciate that clarification. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they suspended. So then the EU said they were all, they were going to halt. They're going to halt their EU rollout just until they get you know another assessment done with an abundance of caution. And we were really relying on that vaccine, so it all was looking pretty grim, um, mm-hmm. because we can't give the AstraZeneca to people under sixty now as well. So. Mm-hmm. It was all looking um, pretty rocky and then during the cabinet briefing, uh, apparently the cabinet briefing, (laughs) the cabinet meeting started very gloomy. Um, Mm. Everyone was pretty depressed around the table and then Michal Martin left because he had a phone call from the president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, and she told him, okay, Pfizer are going to give Ireland um, over 500,000 vaccines. Mm. we were due to get them later in the year and it's going to be pushed forward Mm-mm-mm. so delicious yes, Pfizer vaccines <laughs> we lost some and we gained some so it appears that we are still on track and there is a lot of hope that Johnson Johnson will come back on anyway because mm. As I say,
0: it's an abundance of caution. It's only six cases out yeah, of small number yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so, terrible. Good news, but it's a, a very small number. Um, yeah. Okay, and now let's talk about mandatory hotel quarantine. How has that all been going? Sorry, I'm laughing it's... because it has, it's just it's just one thing after another. <laughs> it's
1: not been great, Louise. Yeah. Um, listen, it was never going to be easy. Yeah. Um, we have the strictest mandatory hotel quarantine in Europe. And, you know, it has been plagued with issues since it came open. So basically they had to pause the booking portal last week because they said we had too many walk-ins as if it was like the hairdressers. Um, People were getting on planes without pre-booking mandatory hotel quarantine. So they had to keep a certain amount of rooms empty because we kept getting um, these walk-ins. Uh, the transport minister, Eamon Ryan, is in talks with the... Airline carriers basically saying, listen, you need to be stricter because it's causing us a lot of hassle. Mm. We know now that there are five more hotels um, over the month of April. They're going to add a lot more capacity. So like Clontarf Castle is going to be one. Um, the Crown Plaza it in Blanchardstown. The Hard Rock Hotel for any lucky devils who get oh, into that I stayed hotel. there. It's
0: actually very, very <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, it's getting... Uh, so there'll be a lot more capacity. And now we've saw... Um, a lot of changes in terms of if you are fully vaccinated and you are coming from one of these countries you do not have to mandatory hotel quarantine and so I know that's have a
0: huge relief for so many Irish people who haven't been home who are living in other countries who are much further ahead than us mm-hmm. in terms of vaccinations who haven't been home to see family in a year um, yeah, it that just is seems super a unfair. Yeah,
1: yeah, like if you're fully vaccinated, so the cat it should be coming. Uh, I think it's next week, Monday. Um, it should come. In. So if you're coming from one of those schedule two countries, category two countries, you can. Um, you don't have to manage your hotel quarantine. And then there has been a few cases rumbling on in the high court about this. Um, mm. you know we know there was a woman who came back from Dubai. Her father was recently diagnosed with cancer. She was coming home to see him. She was fully vaccinated. There was a man who arrived from Israel. He was fully vaccinated. So they managed, both managed to get out of mandatory hotel quarantine. Mm. And then this kind of sparked the longer conversation in government about, okay, are we going to let people uh, not quarantine? And they decided, to be honest, I find it mental that this conversation didn't happen. Yeah when they were planning
0: mandatory hotel quarantine, but yeah. that's a conversation for, for a different day. Yeah, I think that's a question a lot of people are asking. Um, now, let's move on from, from COVID. Imagine <laughs> like there. Imagine that we'll someday, oh my God, I can't even say it, maybe we'll actually be able to do that like physically as people. Fingers crossed. Um, but for now, we'll just move on <laughs> in terms of our news items. Um, so new hate crime laws are being introduced to cover gender expression and identity.
1: Yes, so Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice, who I have to say is absolutely on a roll these days, she is just banging out legislation. Um, so the new hate crime legislation, people have been calling for this campaign or should be calling for, this, for a really long time. Mm. The current hate crime legislation that Ireland has is really not fit for purpose. You know, it's got a really, really high bar and it doesn't cover, you know, certain things. It doesn't cover traveller ethnicity. It doesn't cover gender or disability or anything like that. So... The new hate crime legislation will see uh, protected characteristics. So it can be race, nationality, religion, ethnic and national origin and a disability. Mm. And basically, Helen McIntyre published the general scheme of the bill on Friday. And she said, you know, when crimes are motivated by prejudice, they make the victims even more afraid. Mm. And they lead to a divided society. So what it really means is if it's in a court, if the... If it's met, if the criteria is met, the punishment will be twen- around 25% longer. Mm. Um, and there are other issues and I've seen some backlash and some uh, about this, but there are also um, things within the legislation like displaying content intended to incite hatred in a public place, including social media. Mm. And people are slightly concerned about this um, just because, you know, people, government weighed in and then the social media and stuff because like this, people it always kind of gets people's backs up. So it kind of remains to be seen how that'll actually play out
0: mm.
1: and how it works. But basically, it's good news. I think um, in the long run, when we're talking about, you know, the fact that Traveller, ethnicity, gender and disability weren't covered in the last laws yeah. um, and now they are. So hate based offences. Like in, like so, we're talking assault, harassment, criminal damage, threats yeah. to kill. Um, if they are motivated by prejudice, they will be punished as such.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're and you're essentially talking about trying to make minority groups live life less fearfully, and that mm-hmm. is vital. Um, so now, unfortunately, we have to talk about what's going on in the United States. Um, obviously, another really bad week um, for mm-hmm. uh, police shootings. Yeah.
1: So there's actually been a, cu- a couple we could yeah. talk about, but um Dante Wright um, was a 20 year old uh, black man who stopped in his car for uh, a motor offence. Um, I believe it was an air freshener hanging from his mm. rear view mirror, which is uh, against the law in Minnesota. And he, There was a bit of a, obviously most of this is recorded, you can see it on body cam, but um, there was a bit of scuffle with police and a female police officer said, I'm going to tase you and mm. she shot him um, repeatedly. He is a young father with a two-year-old son. Mm. Um, he is now dead. Um, the police officer uh, had been involved in another um. Shouldn't she didn't actually shoot anyone before, but she was involved in the situation. She mm-hmm. has now left her job, and she's been charged with second degree manslaughter because they're saying obviously she said I'm going to tease you, and then she shot him. Mm. Um, this is happening in an area really close to where the court case for the policeman who killed um George Floyd is also being held. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it's just it's so sad and it's so unnecessary and it happens so regularly now like we've been talking about this for a year and I'm sure black people have been talking about this for decades it just appears now that because there's more video evidence and there's more attention on this issue that we have to talk about it all the time but you know there were videos of vigils that were being held by um Dante Wright's parents. Yeah, I actually, sorry to interrupt you.
0: I have a clip of uh, Katie Wright, who is Dante's uh, mother. So let's have a listen to what she had to say.
1: Justice isn't even a word to me. I do want accountability, 100% accountability, Uh like my sister said, the highest accountability. But even then, when that happens, if that even happens, we're still going to bury our son. We're still never going to be able to see our baby boy that
0: we're never going to have again. It's just, it's too much, isn't it? Like
1: There's just no words for it. And like every time it happens, like I worry that we could get desensitized. Yeah. To it is like, oh, this is just something hap- that happens in America because yeah. it's still people. With the, it's people at the end of the day. And 100%. it's just like an epidemic yeah and moment. as you it's, said so like horrendous. there are other
0: incidents that happened this week that we could like if we had time we could talk yeah. about as well like it's it's wild okay very quickly before I let you go um the plans for the funeral of Prince Philip have been released and Harry yes. and William will be apart the
1: soap opera continues so Prince Harry and William will be is he still Prince Harry? I'm not sure anyway Harry and William will be separated um, while they walk behind their granddad's coffin mm. So he's to get buried today and you know it's socially distant uh distanced and within COVID regulations, so it's gonna be very small. It's mm. just family. We know that Harry arrived from America mm. and so there'll be thirty guests and they all have to wear face masks like everyone else, um, that has buried someone during COVID mm. and it's quite funny. I was actually reading the story in the Daily Mail and they've like drawn this graphic like it's a football match <sighs> and they've shown you where everyone's gonna stand with arrows and stuff. Wow. Uh, <laughs> But basically their cousin, Peter Phelps, never heard of this gentleman, is going to stand behind, or sorry, in between William and Harry. So William and Harry will never stand beside each other um, during the funeral. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if this is normal. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. if this is royal protocol. I'm not sure. But I did see a statement from the Buckingham Palace spokesman who said, this is a funeral and we're not going to be drawn under these perceptions of drama. The arrangements yeah. have been agreed and it reflects the Queen's wishes. So well, that's what they're doing.
0: In fairness, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, the woman's husband. Like. To answer the question of Harry, uh, Harry is still a prince by birthright, um, but he no longer wishes to be referred to as prince. Um, he is the duke. <laughs> Of Sussex. My, my apologies yes. to you I have to <laughs> send him a, a written note. Um, okay, Aoife Moore of the Irish Examiner, thank you so much. I know we had loads to talk about today, so I really appreciate you giving us the lowdown. Thanks so much. Chatham. Have a great one. Louise McSherry <laughs> on 2FM.